Coming up next on Rugby Wrap-Up, the second most important man in Major League Rugby. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by The Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pub, and Lean and Limber, stretch your way to a healthier lifestyle. Hey everybody and welcome to the world's best rugby pub, Matt McCarthy for Rugby Wrap-Up and I have the pleasure of being here with John Purse. John, welcome. Thanks, Matt. John, for the folks at home that have absolutely no clue who you are and why the <laughs> frick you're here and why the flock you're on the show, let me see if I can enlighten them a bit. All right. You, sir, are kind of a big deal. You are the Major League Rugby Chief Commercial Officer. Is that correct? Yes. All right. So. All right. He's also had that title with USA Rugby. So you are either certifiably insane or you're certifiably insane. Yeah, pretty yeah. much, yeah. yeah. Well, let's go with that one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay with that one. So I don't, let's, let's talk about your background sure. a little bit. Uh, I, I don't want to bastard, uh, bastard, uh, bastard uh, I don't want to kill him. Yeah, I don't want to, yeah, Bastero is here in New York City. I don't want to Bastero your, your, uh, your resume. So tell us briefly about you and how you got to this point. Well, geez, that's a long and winding story. I was born the son of a Porsche. No, that's the wrong story. Um, Porsche owner. Poor, poor. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, I, I got into rugby when I graduated from college. I played football at the University of New Hampshire, and that's when my rugby career started, when I was done. Um, and was fortunate to get my MBA along the way and start to work for USA MBA Rugby. MBA along the way. That's not I, an easy thing. Well, and then I got another master's in sports commerce at the same time. So does that count? So I have, I have two of them? That counts. Okay. That counts. Um, I started doing some consulting work for USA Rugby back in 2009. Uh, came on board in 2010, was there through 2015. Um, left rugby for a little bit and was brought back into MLR uh, September of this year. So excited to be back in rugby. This is, this is home for me. It's a true passion. Um, I feel like I know what I'm doing sometimes and uh, feel like this, this is, uh, is a good place for me to be right now. But, you know... There are some components that people need to consider out there. First of all, you were just brought in in September. And secondly, the league kicks off in February. And to, to, to primarily get sponsorship monies and sure. stuff, you're dealing with companies that have had budgets for this stuff way in advance of this. Yeah, and, and I, I think what's fortunate, though, is my background allows me to sort of cut through the line. Um, and get to the people who are making those decisions and have legitimate conversations. And I think the, the thing that was probably the most scary coming in was wondering how those conversations would be received. But now we're you know, sort of at the end of the year and we've had some amazing conversations with some blue chip partners that are, are very interested in where MLR is. Which you're is. gonna reveal right here on camera. Uh, no, oh. no, right. but, okay. so, but soon enough All I will. Right. Right. But there is a kit reveal later on today, so, so there, there is that. Um, no, but, but to the point is it, it was actually more gratifying than I thought it would be because I was, I was afraid as to, when, I'm, when you're at USA Rugby, you have the national badge, you have Team USA, you, you have something that's endemic to the country. Right. With MLR, you know, we had seven to nine to 12 to moving to 14 franchises and how that's received by the commercial buying public um, could have potentially been very different. And I think what we're doing is we're seeing the opposite. And it takes some time to get some traction. It takes some time to be able to get the metrics and the numbers and the statistics for people to actually buy into it, but they are. And I think the, the World Cup helped this year. 
Um, seeing what Japan did this year and hosting the World Cup, coming from where they've been, right? So, I mean, if you remember in 1995 when they lost to the All Blacks, what, 145 or something to three? Yeah. Um, that one ruck changed the whole complexion. <laughs> it, did, it did, right? That one penalty, right? Yeah. And, and that was it. But, it, I mean, it, you go from 1995 to 2002 when the, the top league comes into play, a bunch of corporate people got behind it, the Hitachis, the Toshibas, um, the Panasonics. It's a different corporate mentality yeah. than what we have here, but it was the same, the analogy is still the same. Corporations got behind professional rugby in mm. Japan in 2002. All of a sudden, accelerate to 2009 when they're awarded the World Cup. To 2015, they beat South Africa. To 2019, they host it, they win their yeah. pool, and they get to the quarterfinals. That's a template for us. That, that, that is a pathway for us. And as we start to have these conversations. You mean like corporate sponsorship of teams in, in, on a whole? Yeah, and, and the, the getting behind of a professional league that is different to the culture. So we have, a, we have an American football culture. We have a baseball culture. We have a basketball culture. We don't have a rugby culture. Hockey, we have hockey, hockey too. too. There, there is hockey. But we don't have a traditional rugby culture, nor did Japan in 2002. Right. There was, a, there was rugby history, but right. there wasn't a rugby culture from a corporate standpoint. And you had corporations get behind it and look at where the, the JRFU is right now. And I think that that's the analogy and that's the pathway we can have here. There's talk about a Rugby World Cup coming here in 27 or 31. Uh, that remains to be seen whether that happens. We're hopeful that it does. But but that's a template for us. That If that is, in fact, what's going to happen, that's an 11-year pathway for us. That's, and that's, that's, that's not even enough time, for, no, you know, really, on it, a lot of levels. It, it's not. I mean, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of things that have to happen yeah. between now and then. But that's a template for us, and that's a pathway. And, and I think that when I voice that analogy and I sort of talk that pathway through either blue chip rugby brands or blue chip sports sponsors here in the U.S., they get that and they see that. And that then sort of becomes a, a vehicle and a pathway as opposed to just, hey, love the sport like we all do. you got positive stuff coming up here. Sure. Right? So first things first. The big doings, new commissioner. George Kilbrew, he's a rock star. And, and we're, we're incredibly lucky to have him. Um, you know, starting to see some of the finalists that were coming through, we had amazing finalists for the job. You know, coming from a single franchise, 25, 27 years with the Dallas Mavericks, um, an owner who is passionate and, and incredibly loyal to. Are we his, talking about Mark Cuban? We're talking about Mark Cuban. The Indiana Hoosiers rugby player? Uh, the Indiana Hoosiers rugby player. So Mark's got a soft spot for rugby anyway, but. George doesn't have to have anything else on his resume. No, he doesn't. He just but, has to say, I worked with Mark, who is a but he's rugby a, but player. He's a, but he's a rock star in yeah. and of himself. And so that gives us a, a, an insight into the very best workings in U.S. sport. Um, which I think is vital. And I, and I think having a combination of the, the passion for rugby that, that I have, that our owners have, but as well as a deep knowledge as to how the U.S. sports landscape works, like George does, makes a great combination. Yeah. And when George was finally, when George finally rose to the top and you looked at him, it's like, I, we couldn't pick a better commissioner. Um, so really, it's got to be an asset to throw around for you and your circle. Absolutely, and and it's funny to because it legitimizes everything. Well, and we know the Not same. Not that people. it wasn't legit. No, but we know the same people, right? right? And so being able to have the same conversation with an Anheuser Busch, or have the same conversation with a Geico, or have the same conversation with an airline partner, they already know George. It's a known. Right. It's a known quantity. So it gives a degree of legitimacy as to who we are and in the space. And I have a relationship. George has a relationship. Now all of a sudden, between the two you can start to have real serious conversations. Sure. And we're in literally in two short weeks, we're already seeing the benefit of that. All right, if you think that's cool, watch this. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street.
And we're back with John Persh. Next up, there's people crying about no Vegas 7s. You guys are filling that void. We do have a Vegas event. Actually, we have five Vegas events, if you want to be technical about it. We always have to adjust for our cold weather teams, our Torontos, our New Yorks, our New Englands. But we're always trying to find a solve for that as best we can. And with Vegas 7s obviously vacating the space there, and knowing how successful that was as a rugby destination yeah. and as a, as a yeah. point on the map, looking to sort of fill that with a, a game on the front end, I think it's the 9th and 10th, where New England will play New York. Rooney. They'll stay there uh, for the entire week. Then we'll have four other teams join them for two doubleheaders back-to-back uh, Valentine's weekend. I apologize to all the rugby spouses and partners out there um, if I just potentially ruined your Valentine's weekend. But what better way to spend Valentine's weekend than in Vegas? And I don't know, 70 rugby players. Honey, we're going to Vegas. Uh, <laughs> Honey, we're going to Vegas. Speaking of Vegas, there were rumblings about a Vegas team, but we do definitely know that there is a team in Los Angeles and a team in Dallas coming in. Yeah, no, we're, we're psyched. Uh, both ownership groups are fantastic. And <clears throat> as we... As we're fortunate that the league is expanding exponentially, right? Everything that you look at from the league is trending upwards. Every metric that you look at, whether it's attendance, um, whether it's inclusion in teams, whether it's television audience, everything is triple digits year over year over year. So we started with seven teams, then we went to nine, then we went to 12 or 12 this year, and we'll be at 14 next year. So everything speaks to things trending in the, the right direction. That's double the teams in five years. Right. You're Segwaying welcome. to broadcast deals. Some, some news. Some news. Some news came out of New Orleans this week. So we're, we're fortunate that we've expanded our national broadcast platform to include, we already are on CBS Sports, and we were on CBS Sports for, I think it was 19 games this year, 17 regular season games, then the playoffs and, and the championship. But we've expanded at least another 17 weeks um, with ESPN and Fox Sports to basically have, I believe it's 49 over the course of this year, on nationally broadcast platforms. Wow. And some big signings. So always, Gosh. I know there's the argument that, okay, uh, and I can argue this in an entirely different show because I can go on both sides of this topic, but specifically, bringing in big <laughs> stars draws eyeballs. Even if it's not eyeballs in the United States specifically, it's a global game. Yep. You know, and you've had some big signings. Incredibly big signings. I mean, you know, sometimes sort of take my breath away signings, right? Yeah. Like Ma'u Nonu, like, are, yeah. you know, San Diego, yeah, you know, San, 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 yeah. there, there's him, right? Yeah. Rennie Ranger and yeah. Digby Ioni and uh, Bastro, as we've right. already mentioned. So, right. you know, Ben Foden was already here last yep. year. So you, you've got absolutely, I mean, international superstars, like yeah. like not guys. Joe that, Peterson. Guys know. that had, not guys that have yeah. just been capped, right. you know, but, but guys that have a significant name for themselves. And, and I think that it goes back to even my time at USA Rugby that, that the U.S. has always been looked at as a rugby destination. Mm -hmm. There hasn't really been a, been a place to land. With MLR coming in and the success that it's had over the last two years and what we look at at year three and beyond, it's now being, there is a destination. And having them in our training setup and being able to have our guys, irrespective of whether they're USA guys or Canadian guys or even foreign players that aren't capped, measure themselves against the best in the world, I, I don't know how you wouldn't want that. Here's a marketing idea. All right. You, go, you, All go, right. you have one of those flat trucks with those screens on them. Yep. You know, those ad trucks. Yeah. Right? You go to like Newcastle. Uh, all, all of the cold weather teams in Europe and you show them all the warm weather teams that you <laughs> right? have in the in United here, States. Yeah. Here's San Diego. Here's New Orleans. Here's Atlanta. Here's you Toronto. Yeah. Toronto. Toronto. It's warm inside. <laughs> 
Warm hearts in yeah, Canada. Yeah. Warm hearts. Yeah. No, Warm you hearts. know, it, it, that's, a, that's a factor. You're getting older in rug, your rugby career. You're going to sign an extra two years to play in uh, Gloucester, or do you want to come over and play in... San Diego. Houston at a new Austin. rugby state. Austin. Right. You know, whatever. Yep. You know? New Orleans. New Orleans is not a bad place to go spend a few years. Yeah. Synergy between the national teams and colleges. So you got a pathway now to professional rugby in the United States. An American kid. I'll give you two examples. You got Chris Matina and you got Harley Wheeler. Yep. Two guys yep. made their way to professional rugby in the United States by playing American rugby. Right. Right? Yep. So we had Greg McWilliams and Josh Smith, the head coaches of Rooney and the New England Free Jacks respectively in the booth with us during the Liberty Conference playoffs. And they're, they're scouting players, sure. but it's also the accessibility of head coaches checking stuff out. There, there are synergies between Major League Rugby and USA Rugby. There have to be, right? Like we, we're not competing against one another. We're here to support one another. Right. And, and, and every, the ARCs were moved. Right, the ARCs were moved to, to, to accommodate that. Obviously, having Greg, having Josh, having guys that are part of the national team set up in the back room, having Gary, who is welcome into... Gary Gold. Gary Gold from USA yeah. Rugby. Having everybody who's welcome into any MLR camp talks about that synergy, right? That, right. that creates that connection And point. in fact, Greg McWilliams, who's the head coach of Rooney now, is the is, attack coach, is the attack for, coach for USA under Gary Gold. Right. And so, so that gives... That gives a pathway, and, and again, I'll, I'll go back to my time at USA Rugby. The guys that we had playing professional were all overseas, right? So our ability to scout them, our ability to check in with their coaches, our ability to see them on a week-to-week -week basis was somewhat prohibited by the fact that, you know, they may be in Sale, they may be in Cardiff, they may be in South Africa. I mean, it, it really, you know, guys were all over the map. Todd was in Japan for a while. So now, all of a sudden, you have guys that are... I was at are, a championship match. In Japan. In Japan. All right. Yeah, yeah. You get around. Yeah, Suntory Goliath. So, but, but the point is, is that we now have coaches that are deeply connected to USA Rugby. We have a relationship with USA Rugby. Um, you know, Mark Griffin and I, you know, had a great meeting the other week. The, the, the point is, is for, for us Daniel to grow. Craig? Yes, Daniel Craig. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That, that's Daniel good. Craig. Yeah, Mark, Mark. Mark, he's Bond. Yep. Yeah. Um, but I mean, having having these connections and having these discussion points, whether it's from a commercial standpoint, whether it's a player standpoint, creates that synergy. And never having had a pathway when when you and I were playing, when even I was at USA Rugby, there was no place to go. Yeah. Now MLR is yeah. a destination, and it's not just a destination. It's not like we slapped a label of it being professional rugby, right. and it's still club rugby. Again, going back to the signings and people that are coming over, these are professional setups. The guys that are going in there, if you don't have the stuff to make it, you're not going to stick around. Right. And, and I think that that creates a better player for USA Rugby. John, we're basically out of time, but before we go, uh, I want to get your final thoughts. But tell us about how people can go to Vegas. So, uh, USMLR.com has all the ticketing information. And it, your, your ticket for one weekend, so say you're coming out for the doubleheader, gives you four games in two days. Wow. So, it's like going to Vegas 7s. It's like USA 7s. You're going to go, you get your ticket, and you've got two full days of two doubleheaders. Amazing ballpark, ballpark at Las Vegas. Um, it's going to be an incredible weekend. And I think that... The home of the Aviators? Home of the Aviators. And I was just there day before yesterday at a photo shoot. So it's a beautiful stadium. There's a hot tub um, in the outfield. Cannonball. Which, yep. I feel like you need to do a live remote from the hot tub. I think that... that I, I think that, that should be it. I have to have a shirt on. Because that's yes. not doing anybody yeah, any no, good. Yeah, you do. But, but go to USMLR.com. All the ticketing information for the Vegas weekend is there. Um, it's important to come out. It's important for... 
uh, our fans to, to be a part of our first weekend there. I feel like it's going to be there uh, year after year. It's a great place. It's a great rugby yeah. destination. Yeah. I mean, whether it's sevens totally. or fifteens, it's a great place to go to watch rugby. Um, and and the, so, the, 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 I can make the argument too that it's even better destination for professional rugby because it's not players that are in college. No. Or in, you know, no, I mean, you, you, it's a professional vibe, so you can drink without feeling guilty. But you've got two double headers yeah. of 15s. Like, yeah. I mean, That's you, go out, you go out to the stadium, and, you know, you're, yeah. I mean, you're there for a good long time watching great rugby. Yeah. Um, and so we're, we're fortunate that. I got to get out there. Yeah, no, it's going to be a great weekend. Um, it's Valentine's weekend, so again, bring your dates, come to Vegas, come watch rugby. And on that note, John, uh, final thoughts on MLR 2020. Uh, it's going to be great. I, I mean, with the play, we just talked about it. I mean, the players that we have signed, the guys from the U.S. set up, the expansion teams coming in next year. Um, it's exciting. You know, the, the, the additional games that are being broadcast nationally. Yeah. It, it, to me, it's just, it, it, it's now professional. It now looks and feels, and the setups are there. The, you know, NOLA just got its brand new stadium. Houston's going to be playing in its new stadium. Rooney's got its stadium now. Like, it now looks and feels the way it's supposed to. And we're excited about 2020 and beyond. And, and I think, you know, George coming on board, the expansion teams, the ownership groups that we have, the signings, it, this isn't just sort of slapped together. Right. Um, this is for real. Yeah. And, you know, from, from my standpoint, anybody out there that's watching it, the more commercial opportunities that we have, buy your tickets buy the fan gear, set us up with people that want to sponsor and be a part, whether it's from a national standpoint or a local standpoint, support rugby because we care about this, right? And you know, whether you, whether you hear about it in the social channels or the digital channels and everybody, that's fine. Criticism is great and we want to hear the criticism, but we also want the support. Buy a ticket, put a button a seat, buy a hat, buy a jersey. Indoctrinate somebody. Yeah, you know, bring somebody and come have a beer, have a great time. Yeah. Um, but more importantly, this is what MLR is here to stay. 2020 is going to be fantastic. 2021 and beyond is going to be even better. It's going to be great. You heard it here first. Thanks, guys. Thank you, John Persh. Thanks, Matt. Matt McCarthy for John Persh here at the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle, on West 36th Street in Midtown Manhattan, talking rugby for Rugby Wrap-Up.